if you're a struggling jiu-jitsu student that is really looking for some more help and guidance and trying to figure out what you should be training and the next steps in your jiu-jitsu journey, I have an online program called the Jiu-Jitsu Blueprint for Lifelong Development. Make sure you hit me up at jasonhill.com and I do an interview to make sure that you're a good fit, make sure the program would actually benefit you so that way your time's not wasted and neither is mine. Thank you guys again for supporting the podcast, and we'll get on to the episode. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Secrets Podcast. Hopefully, everyone's having a good day so far. You know, you guys are having a good week of training. So in today's episode, we're going to be breaking down kind of this idea known as imposter syndrome um, and what that is. This is often a common topic that comes up with students, often maybe around like blue belt, even purple belt. It normally happens a lot later in students' jiu-jitsu career because a lot of times you have achieved some kind of rank, you've been awarded some kind of status in your jiu-jitsu journey, and, you know, this fear starts creeping in, this fear of self-doubt of, you know, am I really actually this belt? Am I actually this level of skill starts coming in and starts creeping into our brain? So we'll talk a little bit about why this happens, how it's negative, how it's kind of positive sometimes and and how we can deal with it and how I've seen students kind of overcome it and even myself overcoming it. So because it's one of the main things that I think really drives a lot of students to quitting is this imposter syndrome, especially um, later in their career. So imposter syndrome just refers to the idea that you have been awarded, let's say you've become a blue belt, maybe you've been a blue belt for around a year. And as you are continuing to train, you might be being tapped out by blue belts that are lower ranking than you, or maybe even white belts or people who haven't been nearly training as long as you. It could even happen if you're a purple belt, right? And you're supposed to be this purple belt. Maybe you've been training for four or five, six years, whatever. You've been training a long time. And this guy with only two years of experience, maybe three years of experience, just comes in and absolutely smokes you. So what starts happening is you start... Um, not only feeling bad about like yourself and your own jujitsu, but you start doubting your actual skills and ability. So there's a, and that's, and that's what imposter syndrome is often. Like I said, this is what I think leads a lot of students to quitting because they don't know how to actually determine uh, progress of their own journey. They, they only look at if they're progressing on the merits of their you know, success in the sense of tapping people or, or not being tapped or hitting all of these moves and, and feeling like that that's how they're progressing. So you guys are going to hear me harp a lot on this if you've been listening to my uh, previous podcast or follow any kind of my content. By far, the number one way that this can be solved is by understanding the ownership process and taking ownership because at the core of that ownership process is you guys developing a training focus and a goal. And whenever you can do that and you can develop some goals and you know what you should be training and why, this idea of if I'm actually improving and whatever starts to fade a little bit more, you're no longer determining if you're being successful based upon if you're tapping other people only, right? So that um, imposter syndrome comes from that. It comes from that you are feeling like, oh, well, I am an imposter because this person with less skill is tapping me over and over again versus if you're like, well, I was working on something and I'm trying to improve 
what they're tapping me with, whatever that is, right? Maybe they're tapping you with this arm lock or they're sweeping you over and over again. And then you can identify that, really develop a plan and take ownership and start fixing that. And that student no longer taps you with that move. That is a form of progression. They might tap you with something else, or they might even dominate the whole match in the sense of be on top of you the whole time. But you still know that you are progressing because you are doing things better than what you were doing before. So hopefully that makes sense. And it's such an easy fix, but it's not as easy to develop a strategy around. I know if you guys have followed me on social media, I'm teaching a free training on a Friday, February 24th. So if you're listening to this on replay, I'm sure, or later on, I'm sure there'll be a way that you can find it. Um, if you go to my website, I'm sure there's a way that you can watch it on replay. But if you're listening to this on real time, um, I'm recording this, you know, on Wednesday, the February 22nd. So if you guys haven't decided that you want to take ownership or you don't know how, I'm going to be showing you guys exact strategies on how to do that, how to develop a high quality training focus, how to actually implement a strategy that will be successful in your training. So, but a lot of this imposter syndrome is totally self-created. It's created by yourself and the own stigma that you have determined metrics for improving by yourself. I would highly, 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 highly doubt that your instructor has given you a belt or given you a promotion and then come up to you and said, Hey, you know, I was wrong. I shouldn't have given you that belt and promotion. And often the, the counter to this is, is for some reason, students always feel like that they're being attacked or there's a underlining benefit. It's like, well, my instructor wouldn't say that because then that wouldn't make sense for him for business. You know, he'll be, he'll be calling himself out. You know, he wouldn't be able to be humble enough to say that he's wrong as opposed to like, you don't trust him or her or whoever promoted you that what they're giving you is satisfactory rank. So it's sad that your instructor believes in you more than you do. I'm going to say that again. It's sometimes very sad that the jiu-jitsu instructor or assistants or whatever believe in your abilities more than you do. I'm going to let that sink in again for you guys. Because if you had full confidence in your coach and if you had full confidence in the academy that you're training out of, this imposter syndrome is impossible to prevent from creeping in, but it should be very easy to overcome, but it's not. Um, and that's all part of, uh, you know, understanding our psychology and mental, you know, people go to therapy and counseling because of all this stuff, you know, to get over these mental hurdles. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of something called self-sabotage. That's a hundred percent of what imposter syndrome is. You are self-sabotaging yourself and creating harder environment and conditions to be successful. in then it's absolutely needed. And that usually is because you care about jujitsu a lot. And so this is going back to what I said earlier about kind of why a semi-imposter syndrome is good, I guess, to an extent, because it really lets you know, it validates that you are, um, yet you care about jujitsu and that you, you know, it means a lot to you that you don't want to embarrass that belt rank or whatever you think. So you want to fix it. But what happens is that students just don't fix it. They don't ever talk to a coach about it. They don't 
uh, take any action steps to fix it. When I give them very simple advice about like, okay, we'll have a training focus and develop it. It's like, that's not good enough. It's like, well, I was hoping you could show me some secret move that wouldn't feel, make me feel this way. And I'm going to give you guys a hint. There's no such thing as a golden move, right? So all the latest instructionals that anyone ever puts out that, you know, if you, you know, just stand up or if you learn to pass the guard this way, or if you just do that, you know, all your problems will be fixed. It's, it's so, it's such marketing is, is getting you guys leftover 101, right? And definitely I do marketing things too. I want people to listen to my content and stuff. But it's just, it's so simple that people, that's a simple solution. They think like, oh, if I just learn this technique, everything's going to be fixed as opposed to doing the hard work. The hard work is like finding what you should be training, why you should be training that staying disciplined and not giving up after the first time, right? It's, it's just like learning a technique, but it's easier to think like that the technique is going to fix the problem than really like improving your jujitsu as a whole skill, because that seems like such an overwhelming task. And that's where I think jujitsu has failed a lot of students is we haven't showed you how to do that. We've only showed you how to fix problems by showing you techniques. So once again, I'm going to show you guys how to do this. And if you listen to my content over time, you will pick up bits and pieces on how to do it. But, you know, as you guys have probably heard in some of the uh, intros or outros of this podcast, you know, that's what my whole coaching program is about is to teach you guys how to do that faster. You can definitely figure out how to do it on your own, but it takes time and you're going to make a lot of mistakes. So if you want to get like just the straight streamline process and have me help you, that's what I'm available for. So it's not some golden technique, but I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to make sure that you're training the right stuff to the best of my ability. That's what my 14 years of training and kind of filter will look through that yours just doesn't have yet. Right. So going back to this imposter syndrome, that is kind of the creation of it. It's usually self-created. It's created by your own self-doubts. Um, you're comparing yourself a lot of times to other people in the gym. Maybe you have a really athletic guy that's rolling around in the gym that just picks up everything naturally. He's an athletic sponge. He wins competitions left and right, um, whatever. And so you're like, man, it took me five years to even hit that move. And it takes this guy like a year to be able to do that, that's not fair. Or that's, or my coach is like teaching him better stuff and not teaching me better stuff, right? There's like, there's all of these reasons why you don't want to take ownership of your own capabilities for some reason. Um, so, you know, that it's, it's definitely kind of self-created. Like I said, I think that is partly jujitsu's fault as a whole, because we haven't taught you how to overcome that. We haven't showed you the steps on how to develop that. So, but now I want to talk a little bit about two on imposter syndrome about like just the differences on commonly what I've seen students do. So often I will see students who are like in their fifties, for example, and we're going to use age now and stuff who are in their fifties and they are maybe a late blue belt or a purple belt. And then this young 25 year old, you know, maybe white belt comes in and, you know, by the time that they get to blue belt, they're crushing or really giving this purple belt a hard time. And, you know, so now they start feeling like it's an imposter syndrome. And yes, all those things I said about ownership and validation, all that stuff is definitely going to help. But you also have to remember that 
majority of you guys who are probably training jujitsu and are experiencing this kind of imposter syndrome type thing are like average people. You guys work like nine to five jobs. You're only training two, three days a week, maybe four days a week, but you're not, you know, the young spry athletic person that you used to be. So father time catches up to everybody. If you guys are really enjoying this podcast, I'd greatly appreciate it. If you left me some reviews, maybe some five stars, whether you're listening to this on audible, Spotify, Apple podcast, make sure you guys leave this five stars, leave some nice words. Also share it with a friend. You know, I don't charge anything for these podcasts and my goal is just to grow it and help the jiu-jitsu community. So thank you guys for supporting and I'll see you guys later. So definitely if you're just trying to gauge your progress on tapping and, and intensity and quote unquote winning or not winning, then yeah, it's going to suck when that 25 year old comes in and is naturally more coordinated and gifted and picks up on everything and has cardio for days and has their young strength. Yeah, that's going to affect. So, um, a good rule, which I've heard a lot of other people talk about it. Everyone has different metrics, but I like what I call the 2010 rule. So the 2010 rule is that if you're 20 pounds, if you're grappling against someone who's 20 pounds heavier or 10 years younger, that's like grappling another belt level. So if I'm 50 years old and I'm 180 pounds and I'm grappling a 30 year old who, so now that's, you know, what, 20 years younger than me, that is like fighting like two belts up. Plus if, um, you know, they're, if they're, if they're 20 pounds heavier than me, that sucks. So if I'm like a purple belt, that's, you know, like I said, 50 and 180 pounds, and then I'm fighting a blue belt who is 30 and maybe 200 pounds, that's very much like fighting another purple belt or a brown belt. So that's a way to kind of level that playing field and not feeling like it's an imposter. You should now be feeling like, oh man, that was like grappling someone who was my own skill or even more skilled than me, right? So it that continues to creep up in people's journey and they feel like that they're not as good as this other purple belt or blue belt around the room. And, uh, yeah, so you guys have to always keep that stuff in mind, that mental, uh, capacity and that mental focus in jujitsu. Um, often I wish students would actually ask me about these more. What happens a lot of times is that students will just ghost, they just quit. And, you know, at times I've, I've even checked on students. I've tried to call them when I don't see them after training for three or four weeks. And, you know, I've reached out to them. They don't answer the phone. They don't get back to me. I think a lot of times they feel embarrassed. They don't want to tell me personally that they quit. You know, they'll just send an email saying, you know, I want to cancel my membership or something like that. And then when I try to reach out to them, once again, you guys think it's always financial driven. It's not because I'm trying to get you to reactivate your membership. Would I like that? Absolutely. But I'm also curious on on what's wrong. Like, why are you wanting to quit? Did you have a bad experience? Did you get hurt? You know, I'm, I'm trying to take in all of this information so I can make my school better as well, too. So once again, don't be so negative and think everything is like financially driven, guys. Like sometimes there's a other purpose for that, but we're also guarded because of um, which I'm for a capitalist society when, when I say this, by the way. But we're also driven by capitalism. We think that everyone wants to steal a dollar from somebody. Right. And so that's just kind of where our heads live in, at least here in America. So. Uh, you know, they, but then I'll run into them like at Walmart or I'll run into them somewhere else. And often it's like this imposter syndrome or this feeling of a lack of focus or whatever. And if they would have taken the time and just talked to me, 
I could have relayed some very valuable information to them that possibly could have kept them on the mats. There's no guarantee. Jiu-jitsu is hard. I'm not saying this is going to make everyone stay on the mat forever, but definitely having these conversations with your instructor and letting them know and asking questions and getting help will definitely help that. They can put it to you in a new perspective. But the one other piece of direct advice I will give you is be open-minded. So many students aren't open-minded. Like I said, they think that, oh, well, my instructor would never tell me that I'm an imposter because they gave me this belt and they don't want me to quit. And they don't want me, they don't want to, they don't want to stop taking my money. That would be dumb of them. You have to drop that mentality. You have to let your guard down and actually be vulnerable for once and build a true connection. Because if you don't let someone guide you in your journey, if this martial arts journey is like 10 11, 12, 13, 14 years or a lifetime that you're saying that you're wanting right now, if you're so defensive and guarded and think that everyone always has it out for you, you're never going to succeed and no one can ever actually truly help you because you're going to, you know, piss off somebody. You're going to rub somebody the wrong way. You're going to self-sabotage everything. So you guys have to be able to trust somebody. I'm not saying you need to do it from like day one and give them your credit card number and your social security number and like, you know, loan them $50,000. I'm not, I'm not saying all that stuff, but be open to the advice that they have to offer. You know, if you're truly going to a school or training with somebody, it's because you think they have something of value. So actually shut your mouth and open your brain, your brain and listen to them. So anyway, that's my topic on imposter syndrome. Hopefully um, it didn't rub you guys the wrong way. Hopefully you got some value out of it. I know it's like a little bit more of a motivational talk today, but um, yeah, it's out there. I'm sure this topic is going to come up again. If you guys have any questions or concerns or you want to know actually like how to take action steps on this because you can expedite this process. It's I can show you guys exactly how to identify what you should be training, why you should be training it, how to develop strategies how to train with your partners wisely, how to structure a training plan. You can figure that out on your own. There's a lot of people that have some kind of a system, but you're delaying time and you're wasting your own money in, by tuition and doing everything like that if you're not effectively training. So that's just where my brain goes. I know it's very odd. Some people would say that's not healthy, but hey, it is what it is. I made it to black belt and you probably haven't yet. So Take that advice for what it's worth. Um, yeah, if you guys are wanting to get more information on that training, you can go to my website, like I said, uh, chasonhill.com. And uh, it's going to be happening February 24th at 4 p.m. Central Time. Um, I'm sure, like I said, if you're listening to this, you know, post, post that date, there'll be a way that you guys can check it out on replay. So anyway, with that, good luck in training. And I'll see you guys next time. Thank you guys again for supporting the podcast. In case you guys didn't know, I'm really trying to work on growing my social media presence, either on Instagram and on Twitter. So make sure you guys give me a follow over there of at Jason Hill is both handles. It's also in the show description. It's a quick way to link over. This is the best way to also ask me about questions or topics you would like future podcasts on. Also, if you haven't already, make sure you check out the YouTube channel. It has a lot of these topics just in video format. It's just another medium for you guys to check it out. And so that is a good way to also get some jujitsu help. 